How about the chickens? What about chickens? I like chicken. Yep. Hi, my name is James Birch, and I want to welcome you to the second episode of this podcast dedicated to the history of misfit toys as well as life here on the Delmarva Peninsula. In this episode, we surprise Brian, the drummer, with the idea of doing the podcast, sitting down with him in his band room on the palatial brick-red Smith Estate in spacious Greenwood, Delaware. Will he go for the idea? How did he get into playing music? What do you not want to do in the town of Greenwood? How many Miller Lights can he drink in one podcast? Let's turn off the highway and hit the back roads, where things are just slightly more interesting and maybe a little more quirky. So okay. what are we doing here, Mr. Birch? Here we go. You're going to make me a lucrative offer? Yeah. Tasty sandwiches. That's right. Uh, okay, so like I say, I talked to Mike last week. Mm-hmm. So, you told him all about this, but you didn't say a word to me about it. Just you, that you well, wanted to do part something. Well, the, part of the fun part is the surprise. Oh. So, okay. Now, number one, before we go any further, before I say anything, just understand that even though this thing is recording, mm-hmm. that at any time, if there's something you want edited out, all you got to do is let me know. Obviously, cool. I'm going to respect your feelings. All right. Even if it's the funniest thing you ever said in your life, okay. I will still edit it out. Okay. Hey, right. hey, 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 just don't touch me there, okay? Right. You right. got it. <laughs> Keep forgetting this is radio. No, it's not Shit. radio. Um, <laughs> it could be if you wanted it to. Right? Yeah, that's what she said. Mm. Um, yeah. But um, I know. You would have done that better if you hadn't had a mouthful of beer. Okay, so. Thank God you said beer. What? <laughs> I All just right. threw myself under the bus. Ooh, we got to come back to zero. Okay, we're back to zero. Come back to zero because this is a key phrase. <clears throat> this is a key phrase. Okay, hit me. So, Brian. Yes, sir. What comes into your mind when I say the word podcast? Uh, I know little about it. I know what it is. Um, my son-in-law has his own podcast because he's a writer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, you know, I, obviously I see stuff on TV. So, yeah, I know a little about it, not a crap load about it. So Well, you've already impressed me because you already... No more than I anticipated, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not too because, good. Because, uh, no, I, right. I just ignorant. Right. <laughs> so I got to thinking, well, I'd really like to do a podcast and somehow music related. Hmm. And then I realized, um, <clears throat> and I said this already to Mike, that I can't do a music podcast and like, you know, review music or anything like that because of. The licensing fees. Unless it's Misfit Toys. Exactly. I got so you. So that led me nice. to think, why don't we do a Misfit Toys podcast? Awesome. And put it out there for anybody uh, <clears throat> globally, but my ideal audience really was... Start small, think big. Well, yeah, I was kind of almost the opposite in the sense that I was kind of hoping to hit the Delmarva population audience. Mm-hmm. That that was my... Gotcha. my, my and remember, mm-hmm, hey. we have enough songs to do two full albums. Yeah. Well, and we're only going to mm. probably feature like one song to an episode. 
or something like that. Oh, that's fine. That's and fine. my idea no, of an episode would be like 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people do like 10 minute ones. Some people do half hour ones. Some people do hour and a half long ones. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we can only do so much. We only have uh, uh, um, the whole thing hinges on us getting together and talking like we're doing right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. which, of course, involves getting schedules together and stuff like that. Right. So, like I said, I did talk to Mike already, and he was cool, which I was, originally I was going to come see you, but um, that's why, now that I'm talking to you, just so you know, we're calling this episode Sloppy Seconds with Brian. <laughs> oh, is that, is that, wait a minute, is it because I'm the drummer? No. No, it's because you were having a crappy day last Sunday and you didn't feel like doing it. I figured it's because I'm the drummer and I'm always stuck in the back. And, no, know, no, it had nothing to do with that. Unlike mushrooms. But then, right, okay. But no, Good we're shit. not going to go down that uh, road there. Um, so then when I got over to Mike's place, because, I mean, me and him just sat in the backyard and talked. I mean, in, in that one, and you can you can listen to that episode later, nice. uh, you can hear the bugs buzzing around the microphone nice. and everything. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so, I'm giving the devil horns just so they can hear in the audio. Right, because they can't see. Yeah, this Rock is not, not a visual podcast. But what I did find, what I did realize while Mike and I were talking in his backyard last week was actually... If we're going in historical order, that's actually the way it should have gone because it was mm -hmm. first me and Mike mm -hmm. yep. getting together, swapping tapes, yep. and, uh, and and Mike uh, called me up and said, "Hey, dude, got a project? Want to yeah. want to join in?" Exactly. And I said, "Sure." Right, and then the next thing you know, we're uh, in my dad's garage. Do you remember saying? I really don't want to be in a band. I don't want to start a band. And then, like two weeks later, you went, "You know what? Let's make it a band." Everybody, go home and think of a name. I don't remember that, I but that vividly, is why I'm, I'm bringing you guys into this is to help me remember stuff. See, now you so, know how it feels getting old. Yeah, I do. Because um, I'm 52 and you are... Yeah. yeah, right? That's what I thought. Would you like a Pepsi? Uh, no. Uh, got caffeine and will kill me because oh, of my heart medicine. We were just talking about getting old again, weren't we? Yes. <laughs> All this right here is going to get edited out because it's goofy and you walked away from the mic, which is okay. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Right. Okay, so... Take two. Right. No, we don't have to do all that all the time. Okay. It's okay. I don't have the clapper thing anyway. I don't even have the clap. I was going to say, yeah. Okay. So, Brian. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I talked to Mike last week about how he first got into playing music and mm -hmm. playing instruments and things like that. So, <clears throat> I will ask you that same question and, you know, what age you started and what you started out with and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um... My mother said that I was that kid, and that kid being in parentheses and all that crap. Air quotes, people. <laughs> um, I was the kid with mom's pots and pans on the floor in the kitchen with the wooden spoons Ooh. at the age of, you know, six or so, something like that. Um, she said even when, uh, and yes, folks, I am this old, uh, <clears throat> standing on the front seat of the car... <laughs> with the radio on and she said I would start swaying from left to right to the music okay. and she said you must have been a musician from the day you were born wow and uh, I said because uh, I mean art, some kind of an art runs in the family my mom's an accomplished painter my sister played guitar my brother played guitar you know music my dad taught himself how to play an auto harp 
Um, yeah. That was difficult. He could still play it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, um, I got into school band in the, f- oh, God, sixth grade? Mm-hmm. Fifth or sixth grade? Playing the drum? I played the xylophone. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And guess what? Huh. As soon as I, as soon as they let me start playing drums, yeah. what's a xylophone? It just got left by the wayside. Right. I, to this day, I can barely do anything with now, it. Didn't you have to read some music in order to play the xylophone? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Yep. Which um, is not to say you can't read music now. I don't know, but I'm just saying. Well, the good thing uh, is I can I can read kit music. Right. I can read kit music. I just don't because the um I like to listen to, like if we're going to cover a song, I like to listen to it and about five, six times and or play to it um, to get the chops down and get the timing correct. Uh, if I can keep this, the correct tempo, then I make you guys happy, guitar players. Because <laughs> I know that it sucks when a drummer starts a song too fast and a singer's got to keep that timing and keep that tempo. It's not easy. So, yeah, I, I, and the original stuff, and I'm going to be blunt, you cannot fuck up an original song. Well, that's kind of what Mike said to a degree because Mike, when I asked Mike if he played in bands before he got, you know, with us mm-hmm. and played in Misfit Toys, he, he said, you know, he kind of got together and jammed with some people, but that it was kind of discouraging because, you know, people would jump on a, a missed note or a bad chord or whatever mm-hmm. like that. And he said, when I'm playing my own song, it doesn't matter. It's my right. song. I yeah. can do what I want. Exactly. You know, and I think I think what it comes down to is we all respected that part of our own songs mm-hmm. and what we individually put into it. And so, you know, me, I'm critical. You know that. So, but aside <laughs> yes, from that, uh, you know, but aside from that, but I'd say I'm more critical probably when we're doing covers than I am when we're doing our own songs. But I don't know. I could be wrong. No, I yeah, I believe you. I, but I have to throw this in there that you. I've seen you make a mistake on your own songs hmm. and just you, you don't get you don't fly off the handle you just go <clears throat> and shake your head a little bit and you go I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get this right and you, you'll say something <laughs> well but you know really good musicians don't even it doesn't even phase them they just keep moving those are the really good musicians those are the pros I want to set the scene here because mm-hmm. we haven't set the scene here for our listeners <laughs> <laughs> The audience. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'll yes, listen the to them applaud. They're applauding. Yeah, the yeah, multitudes. Yeah. I want to set the scene. So we are sitting in Brian's band room. Is that what you we want to call, call it? Band room, yes. In his garage, or attached to his garage. It's a part of it, yes. In the heart of the Delmarva Peninsula, <laughs> yeah. Greenwood, Delaware. This is a 16 by 24 room. And... It's all decked out. Carpet, trim, paint, HVAC, all this A lot crap. of album covers framed. <clears throat> yeah. But there's a drum, a practice drum kit in here. Happens to be Ludwig. Ludwig. Uh, Ludwig. Excuse Ludwig. Me. You know, all the stuff is set up. All the guys have to do is just get their guitars out and keyboard out and start playing. Do you have any idea how many people live in Greenwood, Delaware? What the population is? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I can find out. Can you? 
Yes, because I, I tried to go on Google to look it up, and I can't get a damn signal. Okay, so let's 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 do this. We're sitting here in Greenwood, Delaware. Come on. See this this is what I'm saying. You got no signal. Oh, here we go. Oh. 1,026 people as of 2021. So just say 1,030. Right. Just for the sake of argument. Because somebody had a baby somewhere. Probably. Yes. Yeah. In the last couple of years. They've been knocking boots since 2021. So just yeah. a little over 1,000 people in the, in the town of Greenwood. That's right. I do not live in town. I live outside of town. I live two miles outside right. of town. Right. The so hustle and the bustle is not for him, people. No. That one single street... I'm not a country boy. I'm a country metalhead. That, um, and uh, now, if there was one fact about Greenwood, Delaware that you would tell people before they come to Greenwood, Delaware, what would you tell them? One? One. I mean, I have one in mind. I just want to see if it's the same one you have in mind. <laughs> uh, the Greenwood barbecue is actually pretty good. It's expensive, but it's pretty good. That's about the size of it. Are you, are you, are you trying to get a free lunch or something oh hell no <laughs> all right my, not, a, not a ten and a half dollars of like uh, a freaking plate you know that's, whatever. you're gonna spend ten dollars no matter where you go nowadays oh nowadays yeah yeah um the fact that i was gonna say was um make sure you do not speed going down main street oh well i'm so used to that man right it's because it's part of life and that is right. true and around anybody that knows the town knows it right and a lot of people all the people probably that come to the beach through that town know uh -huh. it and they probably learned it the hard way if, exactly if you're going east to west or west to east and you're going through greenwood yeah better watch what you're doing because they will sit there and they have unmarked vehicles and they will pull your ass over in a heartbeat right they're not assholes about it they're just like very st sternly upholding the law the speed laws so yeah. yeah if you come through greenwood be careful it's good advice people yeah but i'm i've lived there so long i'm used to it so i just I slid down to 25 mile an hour because I know where they set and I don't want to take it. Right. Well, they say you do something for 28 days, it becomes a habit, and you've done it for longer than 28 <laughs> days. A lot longer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you about my bands, plural. Okay. Very first band I was ever in was I was in high school. It was called, we were named after a Rush song called Anthem. Okay. Uh, and real quick story. The very first place that we played out of the school, because that's where we practiced that a lot. Mm -hmm. And then practiced at my house in a barn. It was built in 1848. Wow. Yeah. Now, now set, set us a scene here. Where is this? Where Maine. Are we at? We're in Maine. We're in Maine. Cassett, Maine. Okay. So just tell me a little <clears throat> interjection. When did you actually move to Delaware? Uh, well, I was born here. Okay. But... Dad was in the Navy, and we moved all over the place. Oh, okay. And, and uh, I was 17 years old. I was like 17 and a half years old when I moved back to Delaware. Right. So we go to this place called, uh, I think it was called the Sea and Turf. Two months after we played, actually, I think it was a month and a half after we played there, the place burnt to the ground. Hmm. And we were like, wow, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're hot. Must be. Oh, we were tickled. Not that it burnt to the ground, but, you know, it was like, Wow. We just made jokes about it. It's sad that it burned down because it was a great place. It really was. But other than that, 
before Misfit Toys, I was in Reckless Entity with Mike. Right. Um, and you want to just who that all, was a who all was great, in that? That was uh, Paul on bass, uh, Jimmy Wilson on lead guitar, and Jimmy Wilson is phenomenal. Probably. Probably one of the best guitar players I've ever heard in my life. He's he is just that good, but he doesn't like being in bands. Oh. He, he doesn't mind jamming, but he just doesn't like being in bands. Uh-huh. And that's fine. But uh, other than that, and that was like uh, more metal kind of. Oh, it was, oh, it was straight up metal. Yeah. Oh, good God! So did you guys metal. play covers? We played covers and we did some originals. What um, kind of covers did you do just to give the audience an idea? Well, believe it or not, we did a U2 song. Really? Which one did you do? What's that one? It had to be an older one. Oh. Red Sky or... No, 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 no. Sunday Bloody Sunday. That's it. Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yeah, we covered that one. and I can't remember the stuff that we were covering. We did some Jimi Hendrix, which is not metal, but still good stuff. Yeah, the U two is not metal either, but the the original stuff we did one that was called um, Paradox, and it had no lyrics to it. And I wish it had lyrics, but as far as an instrumental metal song, it was really good. And Mike wrote it. He he wrote the all the guitar stuff for it. Oh my god, it was really good. I loved it. I love. You can still remember it in your head today. I can. Yes, I can actually go there and. Play it right on those drums right there. Fifty-seven years later, he's still yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, but it was good, man. Um, but oh, the to be honest with you, I'd say Misfit Toys is probably the third official band I've ever been in. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to move back to talking about your your playing instruments and growing up and everything. Oh, okay. Let's go back just a little bit. When did you actually get your first drum kit? I was 15 years old, lived in Colorado. Well, uh, no, Colorado, I lived, I lived, wow. Yeah, I lived in... Um, you were all over the place. Yeah. Well, Dad, that's where yeah. that's where we went when my dad retired from the Navy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, Divide, Colorado, he bought me a Slingerland kit. It was a 16-inch deep by 24 kick drum. Mm-hmm. It was, I loved it. I have no idea where it is, but I still have the snare. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it was used kit. It was one mounted, one floor. And the cymbals were the, the trashiest cymbals I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, then I got, we after we moved to Maine, I got a drum kit <clears throat> that the guy that sold it, I think we got it for like, a hundred dollars, hundred fifty bucks. It was two pearl kits hmm. that I had to make into one because there was so much stuff missing. It's a Franken kit. Yeah, but it was all pearl. I have no idea where that kit ended up. Um, I think my dad trashed it. Hmm. I believe he did. Um, did you drive your parents nuts playing drums? You know, believe it or not, my. When I got my first kit in Colorado, I had it set up in my bedroom. I had the smallest room in the trailer. (laughs) I used a kitchen chair. The chair was butted up to my bed. The kick drum was about, probably about a foot from the closet door. Wow. And 
Um, and that's what I, and I played. My dad says, eight o'clock, shut it off. <laughs> shut it down. I don't care. Shut it off. <laughs> you will not play after eight o'clock. I'm watching Hee Haw. <laughs> <laughs> and he was religious. Well, despair and agony, agony on me. me. That's right. Yeah. But he had to watch his Hee Haw. That's okay. Mm. Well, we know about that in this part of the country, too. Oh, hell yeah. I can't imagine people in Colorado watching it, but growing <clears throat> up watching it in the you know early 80s and stuff here, yeah. you know, looking out my, my window and seeing cornfields and stuff, <laughs> I definitely yeah. can remember hee hauls on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Sunday afternoon, all that. It was, yeah, it was, it was, <clears throat> he was a, a religious watcher of hee haw. Yes. Oh, my and God. Junior samples. It. But I got to admit, man. Buck Owens and uh, just the, the, the clientele, the people they had on there were, were amazing. Roy Clark, Clark self taught yeah. guitar player, yeah. who was voted number one guitar player over Randy Rhodes in 1980. I wow. Think it was. Wow. Um, yeah. Listen, folks, you see this wealth of knowledge I got <laughs> sitting next to me here? That's awesome. Um, I mean, every, every rock and roller knows that Randy Rhodes was, was top of the list, he was up there. And for Roy Clark to beat him out. Yeah, you know, and Randy was classically trained, in right? Everything. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I did, I did that, and, and uh, <clears throat> like I said, we moved to Maine, got into Anthem, got a better drum kit, and uh, and like I said, if, um, bebopped around jam with some guys, did Reckless Entity, and then Misfit Toys, Reckless Entity being second band, yeah. And I, to this day, I still say Misfit Toys was the best band I've ever been. We we, we clicked for some reason, the three different genres. You yeah, know, yeah, well, that's something like I haven't come out and and emphasized, which is that we are three very different people from very different uh, you know backgrounds mm-hmm. and different musical styles. And mm-hmm. you know, I was into uh, mainly like alternative stuff in the. You know, in the uh, new wave and alternative in the '80s, you know, and um, REM and the Pixies. And yeah, the- I mean, you were listening. To them, they might be giants, and yeah, um, I'm surprised you remember <laughs> presidents of the United States of America. And I think, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, you introduced us to stuff that we were like, "Hey, this is actually really cool, and it's not metal." Well, and I appreciate that that you guys, you know. Uh, mm you know jumped on board with some of my styles and stuff and you know of course i had had my metal phase in high school so i could at least relate to you know the metal that you guys liked um and and i'm sure mike has his own you know bands that he would name that mm-hmm. aren't i mean they might not necessarily they might i mean a lot of yours and his might cross over yes but not necessarily all of them and whereas mine you know, or a little to the left field, but uh, you know that's what helps make it because you you bridge together styles and stuff that uh, people don't normally put together. You know, so, so mm-hmm. back in high school. Oh, now who's interviewing who? Go yeah, ahead. That was oh. a good question, though. <laughs> <clears throat> I got to do this, brother. Uh huh. I'm putting my arm on my brother's shoulder. Yes, he is. Make me kind of nervous here. <laughs> don't ahead. get nervous. Mm-hmm. So back in high school. You had a little bit of a metal phase. I did. Yeah. How long was your hair, brother? Oh, <laughs> I 
did have hair back then. Just remember, this is audio, so they yeah, can't no, see. Yeah, I know. I just rubbed his totally head. He's uh, shaved. I don't like to say bald. He has no hair. Because bald takes no effort. Bald is what happens when a, a guy just lets it go and doesn't do anything. And shaved takes a lot of maintenance. Okay, so... Another thing that I would ask you is, let's say you only had one Misfit Toys song to present to a person to try and encompass the whole feel of the band. I can't. You can't do it. I can't. Can't I can't. I have to name off like five of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, The Way, one of my favorites. Dave right. Days, Standing on yeah. a Flame. Right. Uh, He's naming all the biggies, basically. Yeah, I mean they're my they're my. If I was picking favorite Misfit Toy songs, I would pick every freaking one of them. So I'm wondering what song I should play for this episode. Do you have any recommendations, dude? I love the way. Of course, that yeah. song uh, was <clears throat> the sort of second incarnation of the band, which would have been just me, you, and Mark, Mark. Sweetman. God rest and his soul. just so I, just so you know, um, I have already uh, been in contact with Anna and mm-hmm. told her that I had a <clears throat> podcast in mind, and she has uh, offered to uh, jump in and, and <gasps> talk to us or help or whatever. Nice, so that we can, um, you know, do maybe devote a whole episode to that the would honor. Be awesome. Of- Mr. Mark awesome. Sweetman. She's an awesome person. She is a great, great person. Lovely woman. Yep. And heart is gold. I hope heart to is gold. Uh, hope to talk to her soon. Yep. Yeah. Let me just wrap this up. Okay. So if you were to have us play a song for this episode, you would pick the way. Probably because of the, like I said, the rep, the repetitious guitar is not. It's repetitious, but it works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt the song whatsoever. But I, I, if I had, if you're gonna hold a gun to my head and make me go, pick one. I don't actually have a gun to his head. Uh, he's got a metaphorical gun, and it's like, you know, there I got look, two fingers and a thumb here, people. Two fingers and a thumb. I know how to use them. Don't, don't scare me like that. Um, but no, I, I love that song. I absolutely love that song, The Way. Yeah, I think it's one of the better songs. Um, oh, and it, was, and, it was very well put together. And we will mention... Mm-hmm. The drums are great in that song. Check oh, them out. Yeah, I wonder who did them. Uh, Some asshole. We will also mention that in The Way, you get um, background vocals by Mr. Mark Sweetman, mm-hmm. where we wanted them to sound... in kind of far away and so you know we tried a couple things and we were going to do it with like reverb or you know just the way Mm -hmm. we mix the level in and everything and have him sing it into a mic Mm -hmm. and then we got we not only saved um time and money but we saved time and money i think that's actually all we saved was time (laughs) and money and he literally just sang the background vocals behind me like 10 feet behind me oh and yeah, it picked yeah, up yeah, yeah, it yeah, picked yeah, up yeah. enough on the mic that they just sound kind of off in the distance yes. and he was i remember he as i was singing my lead vocal he was literally pacing back and forth behind me and doing it so i get, maybe he was trying to pan left and right i don't know maybe that was <laughs> his way to pan the vocals but he go. was pacing back and forth behind me and and singing his vocal and so we did not uh, have to take extra time 
to uh, have him do an extra take. So, which of course, when you're in the studio, time yeah. is money. Yes. And on that note, here's The Way from our EP entitled The Jimmy Hoffa Experience, recorded sometime around 1994 in Georgetown, Delaware, at Mid-South Audio Studios, under the watchful eye of our good friend and engineer, Kevin Short, who we hope to speak with soon for an upcoming episode. This song features Brian on drums, myself on vocals and lead guitar, the late Mark Sweetman on rhythm guitar and backing vocals, and we definitely want to thank Mike Marshall Jr. for contributing bass guitar here.
Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show as well as the music. In the next episode, we'll recall the band's 2016 appearance at Pumpkin Chunkin' in Bridgeville, Delaware. Did we bring the Misfit Toys curse to the beloved local event? Were there any actual casualties? Did Dottie swoop in to save the day? We invite you to come back and find out. We invite your input, questions, comments, and requests. On Spotify, you can interact with us, and our email is misfittoysde at gmail.com. Feel free to use it. That's misfittoysde, as in Delaware, at gmail.com.